This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I am Steve Teal. Today it kind of feels like the Rocco Grimaldi Very Bold Radio and Podcast because Rocco has set me up with his best friend, Garrett Gomez, and a testimony and a story that we're going to share in just a minute. And next week, he's got Colton Dixon, the singer, who is going to be on. And that's Rocco has done all that. So I've got to give a big shout out to Rocco. Thank you so much for making that happen. And Garrett Gomez, welcome to, I'm going to call it Very Bold Radio and Podcast, even though Rocco Grimaldi has a lot to do with this today. Welcome to Very Bold Radio. How are you doing, Garrett? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Like I said, uh, off air. I get to meet the great Garrett Gomez. I've heard a lot about this guy from Rocco. And I, I want to know, first of all, we've got a lot to talk about. If you don't know the story, we're going to talk about the really the miracle that Garrett Gomez is here talking to us today uh, because of what happened in 2017. I'll give a little background, and then uh, we'll let Garrett do a whole bunch of the talking, I promise. But in 2017, collapsed during a hockey game. He was on the bench and is I'm just going to cut and say I mean it's just a miracle that you're alive and uh and you'll explain all of that but he also just has a testimony to share and I have seen throughout this just in some of the research just your strong faith in Jesus so we're going to talk about that but give me a little background about how do you and Rocco know each other how are you guys are you guys like alike I mean What's what's the story? Because I know Rocco, he goes hard, and it seems to me like you go hard. <laughs> yeah, most certainly. So I uh, grew up playing roller hockey in California, just as Rocco did. Gosh, California um, Rocco, hockey thriving. I love it. Yeah, so we, uh, we're different age groups uh, growing up, but I just knew Rocco because, um, one, because of his faith, and um, even when we were little, Rocco was always that limelight player that was always you know, feature always, always known about. Um, and so my, my parents had, um, we happened to play for one of the same hockey clubs and, uh, he had come out to skate with my team because I believe we had, um, some of the same coaches, um, that were coaching just different age groups. And so he had come to skate out, uh, with my team one time, um, kind of connected then and then stayed familiar with each other. How did you, how did you connect, uh, during just like a hockey practice or, I mean, yeah. How yes, old were exactly. you guys at this point? I'm I sure. was. I want to say I was probably probably six to eight years old, and Rocco was probably like nine or ten. I would say. Wow. Uh, and so it was. It was before his family ever moved out to Michigan. Yeah. Um. And then his, as his family moved out to Michigan, kind of lost contact. Um. And then at at some point he had come back. Um, and he was, they were living in California over the summers Okay. and, uh, he was training at the same rink that I would play at, um, yearly. Yeah. Uh, it was actually the hockey club that I had played for. Um, and my dad had reconnected with his mom. He saw, uh, Rocco's mom, uh, in the hallway, uh, reconnected with them. And then, um, wow. we hung out, uh, a few days later at a, uh, at a harvest crusade, um, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with oh, Pastor Greg Laurie. Yeah. Um, the Harvest yeah, Crusade, so, Anaheim Stadium, yeah, so we 60,000 yep, people. Exactly. Oh, dude. Yeah. So we went to a Harvest Crusade together 
Um, and then since the, ever since then, we've just connected in regards to, you know, um, hockey and in, in the hockey regards, number one, um, you know, spiritually and just having the same faith too. Um, but if you were to ask us, you know, personally, are we, are we the same or very similar? I would say, you know, spiritually and in regards to hockey, similar. Um, but yeah. besides that, we're actually kind of polar opposites. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, we, we, we are. So Ro- Rocco is more, I guess you could say, he's more of like the indoors guy. He definitely enjoys golfing, but um, yeah. besides that, he enjoys like, you know, video games more and stuff like that. And I am like a total outdoors guy. Oh. I love, you know, going on hikes. I love fishing. I love um, a lot of that stuff. So, um, okay. you know, we kind of, we kind of joked about even cause we went to, obviously we were each other's best man and, uh, you know, went to each other's bachelor parties and, um, <laughs> you know, we, we were even joking there like, man, we are so polar opposite. I love, you know, going out at night and having nice big bonfires and stuff like that, sitting around the fires and talking with friends and, you know, Rocco hates the fires. He hates the smoke, all of that stuff. He thinks it makes you smell and all that. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess we find common ground and, um, you know, definitely our faith and, and our experiences in hockey and being able to, you know, just talk about that and, and, and growing that together. But also, um, you know, in other things, we're, we're definitely some opposites, which, which can help as well. Yeah. Well, both you guys are also, though, I, I mean, very smart. Rocco is very smart. I've noticed some of his friends are also very smart. I mean, you, you're finishing up your MBA at Providence College. Um, you're about to go into the, the real world or whatever you want to call it. Um, you guys are smart guys. Can we agree on that? <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, I mean, if, if, if I was being completely honest, um, I would say definitely Rocco is smarter than me. Wow. Um, but I, uh, I'm, I've always, <laughs> you know, growing up and this, this is another part of my testimony, yeah. but, um, growing up, uh, growing up, I actually didn't have good grades at all. Oh. Um, I didn't, I didn't struggle through high school. But um, at the same time, I didn't really work hard. Yeah. And yep. uh, I, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit later. But going okay. into my testimony, a big reason to why I'm successful in high school or in college is because of um, an experience I had when I played junior hockey and actually got decommitted from college. Whoa. Um, because I couldn't get in because my grades were too bad in oh, high school. Oh, okay. Um, and so as I got as I got to college, um, I started using the uh, using the brain that God had blessed me with, uh, you know, to to the best of my abilities and working extremely hard and you know studying properly and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, and you know, yet did I know that if I hadn't gone through that experience previously, um, I wouldn't be able to you know be standing where I am now and you know working at arguably the best accounting firm in the world. Dang, man, you should be on their posters. I mean, man, you said they're number one in the world. All right, tell me, and we'll, I mean, you can take us through your testimony, but tell me, I mean, I want to I hear that clearly, um, yeah. but tell me about being decommitted. Uh, what, yeah. How old were you? Where were you committed to? And then you find out, yeah. man, we can't take you. Dang, that at the time must have been devastating. Oh, it was, it was. One of, I would say, it was one of the probably top five toughest things I've ever had to tell my parents, that's for sure. Okay. Um, so, uh, gr- you know, growing up in California, I guess you can just start there. And yeah. I was, I was, yeah. I was never the, the limelight player. Um, I, I would make the, the AAA, um, you know, they call it PB AAA or Midget AAA. Those are all just based on your age group and then the level. AAA is the highest level you can play as, in, you know, as a youth player. Okay, all um, right. And so my, I, would, I would sometimes make the AAA team of my age group, um, but my parents weren't able to afford all of the traveling that that team would do. Oh, man. And additionally, I knew that if I were to play on one of those AAA teams, 
um, I wasn't going to be, you know, one of the top players. I was going to be one of those guys fighting for a lot of ice time. And, um, okay. my, you know, my family every year, we, um, we, you know, we would discuss things and we always, you know, came to the, you know, the end result that playing on the double A team, which was right under the triple A team, um, yeah. would be the better route for myself. Yeah. I um, mean, it wasn't until my, my last year, my last two years that, um, God opened some doors and blessed me with the ability to play triple A hockey. Um, and wow. I did very, very well. Wow. Um, and my, my, um, my last year playing, so I was 16 years old in, in California. Yeah. Um, I played and that year, um, there's a, there's a junior hockey league called the United States Hockey League. So, uh, similar to Rocco, um, you know, Rocco played for the national development team. He, his team would play in the USHL half of the year, oh. um, and then the other half they would be playing against you know tournaments, ter- ter- you know nation or national tournaments, or um, playing against college teams. Yeah. So, um, so the, the my last year when I was 16 in California, I did really well. I was drafted in the first round um, by a team called the Tri City Storm in Kearney, Nebraska. Um, and that same year, before I even went to play junior hockey, I was blessed with the opportunity of having. Um, over five full ride scholarship offers. Dang, uh, different, different college teams. Dang. Um, Wait. And so, yeah, my my oh uh, my, my, my dream my dream school was always Denver. Oh, um, given that it was the the closest yeah. the closest team to you know to home and a, a quick trip for my parents. Yeah. Um And you know, fortunately enough, when I when I went into my first year um, playing uh, junior hockey in Nebraska, um, I'm kind of coinciding or discussing with Denver, um, they thought it would be best, you know, for me at the time to play one year out of call or one year out of high school. Um, so after my graduation year, I would play one more year in Nebraska and then come to Denver. Okay. Um, and in the meantime of that, they were trying to get my um, national letter of intent ready. Um, and during that time, uh, talking with the administration, the school had told the administration that my grades were um, too bad in high school. Um, and that I would not be able to get into Denver, not because of my athletics, but because of the fact that I didn't pay attention enough in school and high school and my grades weren't enough, you know, good. Right. Are you, Um, are you going to like call them up and say, I just got my MBA from Providence college. Suckers. (laughs) Sucker. I I, I just, just, you know, I, I I look back at it now and, um, you know, this, this story, it just, it it just shows, my story just shows how God's hand is, been upon all of this 24 seven. And even when wow. I thought, you know, things were going down, he was right there to lift me back up. Um, I'll never forget the coach that, uh, his name's David Lasson. He now coaches at Dartmouth. He had called me and told me, um, you know, what had happened. And, um, it was very detrimental at my age, number one, because that was my dream school. And number two, yeah. you know, I knew how much my parents sacrificed at a young age, especially being a kid from California and having to pay so much to travel all of the time. Right. Um, you know, my parents paid a tremendous amount of money for, for myself at a young age to chase my dream and to now call them and tell them that I'm getting decommitted because I, you know, I didn't pay attention enough in school and didn't do my schoolwork properly. Um, was, you know, one of the saddest things I've ever had done, you know, in regards to just, you know, I felt like I completely let down to, to my parents. Dang, how did they um, how did they take that news? And I know there's so much to the story, sorry, but how did they take that no, news? You sound like you have a great they, family. Yeah, they were um they were, you know, they were more so just upset for me. They knew it wow. was my dream school. You know, just being the concerning and loving parents that they were, they were so gracious and just said, you know, God's gonna open up new opportunities and although we Dang. thought that was gonna be at Denver, it'll be somewhere else. Yeah. Um wow. you know, and they were they were so supportive and so grateful and 
um, you know, just for what God had blessed me with and blessed our whole entire family with, but also they were already praising him for what he was going to do, you know, in the future. Gosh, strong um, and faith. I, I think, you know, just having, just having such loving and caring parents like that and just, you know, having the ability to look at parents that, you know, they're still proud of me for what I've done and, um, you know, they're still confident that God's got another route for me. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was hard for me to fall, hard for me to, you know, fall down into, I would say, you know, in any type of depression or, you know, really, really big letdown just because of how comforting they were. So, yeah. um, yeah, you know, it was, it was definitely difficult. And, um, another big part of my testimony yeah. spiritually, when yeah. this stuff was happening, um, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in a Christian family, I always went to church, uh, in California. Um, I got out to Nebraska and here I am at a, a 17 years old. Yeah. Um, kind of was free reign to do whatever I wanted. I lived with a, with a, a different family when I was in Nebraska and, um, it was kind of like, okay, well, now I'm on my own. It's time for you to really grow up, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and throughout that time, uh, when I first had moved away, um, I was just falling into sin a lot. I, you know, having the freedom that I did, sure. um, I was doing the things that, you know, I wasn't supposed to be doing as a Christian and just, you know, not growing in my relationship with Christ and more so just trying to, um, fit in with the groups around me. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't being, you know, this, this, this crazy person, you know, going and partying and drinking every night. I didn't, I never really had that, you know, in me. Yeah. Um, but there were definitely things that I had struggled with, you know, before moving away. And when I, when I finally moved away from my family, they were, you know, becoming more predominant in my life and things that I knew that God was speaking to me that I needed to change, you know? So after, after, my first year, this is actually before being decommitted. Yeah. Um, after my first, we, we were able to go home during Christmas for a few days and came home for a Christmas for a few days. And, you know, I, I kind of just re rejuvenated my relationship with Christ going yeah. to church, um, over a Christmas service and really Dang. just, what, wait, what, what happened? Yeah. Ahead. Okay. What, what happened? I mean, you're those Christmas breaks are probably like two, three days. I mean, they're whatever yeah. they're short. So what happened? Yeah. I mean, at church service so, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, for for a while, while I was living in Nebraska and falling continuously into sin, yeah. um, you know, God was just laying out on my heart that, you know, you're not really being the man that I've called you to be. Mm. Um, and it was just, it was just, you know, I look at myself in the mirror every day, and I was honest with myself, and I knew I wasn't, and I was continually still falling into that sin. You know, sometimes we always tell ourselves, you know, oh, I'm never going to do this again. Yeah, you know, and the yeah. next, that, that same day or the next day, you're falling back into it. <laughs> right. And I was just so sick and tired of, you know, oh, again and again and again doing the same thing. I went back, you know, home for Christmas and kind of had a, uh, a way away from it. Yeah. And actually, even when I came home, I still just felt and even in a way a part of it. But as, as I went to the church service, um, you know, just learning about, you know, what Christmas was all about and, yeah. Um, the pastor that was the pastor during that time actually had uh, leukemia cancer. Wow. Um, just an amazing man that actually passed away. Um, such an incredible man. And um, I just remember him talking about, you know, the story of Jesus and, and what he came and why he was birthed to this earth. And, and just it just captured my heart. And I just told God, you know what, I'm sick and tired of living the way that I'm living. And um, I want you to change my life. And I give you free reigns over every aspect of my life. And I want to wow. honor you in every which way I can. And, um, I want to live the life that you've called for me, not the life that, um, you know, I desire myself. Wow. Um, you know, I went back to Nebraska and kind of made amends with, um, you know, my sin and, and the people that were um, being negatively impacted from it. I said, all right, God, here we go. You know, and wow. um, I, 
I, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive because, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, as, as someone that um, maybe is a new believer, they say, you know, accepting Christ is the best thing in your life, and then things just start going really good. You know, I hear a lot of stories <laughs> about, um, you know, oh, my life is completely saved, I, I'm completely different now, my life is really good, and then people later on, they start facing, you know, some trials and stuff like that down the road. Well, as I had given reins to, you know, to Christ yeah. in my life, um, one of the things that I, you know, realized, number one, that he was getting rid of was, you know, my lackluster for schooling and care. Yeah. And, you know, and so sometimes when I look back, when I look back now at me getting decommitted, um, you know, and something happening so quickly after, you know, really giving my life to Christ. Right. Um, number one you're still going to have to, you know, in this life, there's, there's physical consequences. And for me, not, you know, paying attention enough in school, God's not just going to say, okay, I'm just going to eradicate your bad behavior and, you know, and you're not going to, like, pay for it in the long run. Gotcha. You know, there was something that I physically did here personally that I was going to, you know, have to deal with. Okay. And, but but God was, God had his hand over it the entire time. And yeah. now, you know, kind of fast forwarding into college. Yeah. Um, you know, later on, I, I played an extra year. In, in in Nebraska after I was decommitted was that um, was that 2014 so, to 15 or was that a different yeah, year? 20, okay exactly 2014 to 2015 so I actually played a total of three years so my okay. first year I came in gave my life to Christ completely my second year I ended up getting decommitted and then I did mm. one extra year um, had a, an incredible year that year For, um, did yeah. extremely well yeah 44 and, points in 44 games that's what yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did very, very well. Um, in fact, we had a um, before the regular season starts. They uh, they have a preseason. They call it the Winter Classic. It's basically um, all the teams get together and, and the divisions, and they play against each other. Uh, um, my my first game, I had six points. Oh my! Had a hat trick. Had a hat trick and three assists. Wow! And then um, you know, before the I was I was so blessed. Before the season even started, I had multiple full ride offers again. Dang! Um, God had opened you know more doors, and ironically, or this is where I say God's hand was upon us yeah. the entire time. One of the assistant coaches that was at Denver had left and gone to Providence College. Wow. And he was the one that actually recruited me to Providence College. I ended up having to take the ACT again and got a better score. Nice. Um, and was able to get into that school. Wow. And so, you know, just looking at that itself with, you know, my, my own personal letdowns and, um, you know, committing my life to Christ. I mean, God's hands, even, even though we, we feel that things, you know, are going down or things are going wrong, um, God's got this plan that's so much greater than ours. And, um, you know, if you just trust him in that process, even when things are going to be tough, um, you know, he's going to yeah. bring results that you can't even imagine, you know? Yeah, man, that's encouraging today. That's just really <laughs> good for us to hear. <laughs> All right. Keep going, man. Tell, tell us more All of the right. story. This is great. So, yeah. So, you know, I get to, I get to Providence college and, um, start my career off, number one thing I wanted to do besides, you know, focus in the hockey was um, I decided to double major in finance and accounting. Oh, my gosh. Take, what, what were you thinking? Take, <laughs> yeah. so I was warned. I came in as a finance major, and within uh, a first few weeks of taking uh, financial accounting, I, just, I, I realized that I liked accounting. Wow. Um, it was something that, you know, was not necessarily the super easy for me, but something that I enjoyed. And, yeah. Um, and so I... Uh, I decided to double major and really focus on my studies and take school seriously. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and starting even my freshman year, if it wasn't for reflecting back to when I got decommitted from my grades, um, you know, I obviously wouldn't be in the position I am now, nor would I, nor would have I had the uh, motivation to take school seriously as I did even as a freshman. Right. And so we, we got wow. in my, my, my first year, the team was extremely, an extremely good team. The year before they had won the national championship. Man. Um, and besides, uh, one of, um, a few players that were crucial to the, the team that had graduated, there was a, a very big handful of players that were returning players. Yeah, um, that were very, very good players. Okay, um, that year was a, that year was you know good for me. I mean, we I definitely had personal ups and downs with you know um, just growing. You know, like 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 we had talked about earlier, you go onto a team being a, being a stud. Um, you know, the yeah. previous team I had paid for going into a brand new team that you know they're studs that have been here for four years. You know, so yeah. back kind of in the lineup trying to you know. Um, not only regain confidence, but just try to, you know, get playing time. And God had blessed me with the ability to play um, most of the games. And, um, you know, I had a good good first year. And, you know, not only um, sports-wise, but also academically. Uh, we ended up making it to the uh, NCAA tournament and losing to, the, uh, to Minnesota Duluth in the first round. Mm. And then kind of skipping to the next year, we, uh, again, I had a uh, – Another pretty decent year. Um, I definitely struggled in the in the beginning, but I felt that towards the towards the end of that year, um, I was playing some of the best hockey I had I had ever played, college wise. And yeah. um, you know, I was looking at as if I, you know, I had talked with some of my coaches, and um, you know, I, I I always I always my my dream since I was a little kid was playing professional hockey. Yeah. Um, that's all I ever wanted to do. That's what I felt God had put me on this earth to do, and I knew that if I um, if I were to continue playing like I did the the second half of my sophomore year, that I was going to have the ability to do so. Yeah. Um, you know, wow. yet did I know that as I started playing good, um, it wasn't going to be until, you know, a couple months later on March 11th that, mm-hmm. um, you know, God would, you know, put a, put a massive U-turn in my, in what I thought was my, my calling in this world. Yeah. Um, and so, Fast forwarding to that, I, uh, we were playing against Notre Dame in the Hockey East um, quarterfinal. Okay, and uh, it was a three series three series weekend, so all games would be played in in uh, South Bend, Indiana, at Notre Dame. Okay, and uh, the first while well, the first game out when I was playing on a Friday night, um, I had felt some small like vibrations in my chest. Um, I didn't really know what it was. I wasn't really having oh. like trouble breathing whatsoever. Um, and then they would just kind of go away. That night when I was going to bed, I was still having them. But, again, I didn't really think anything of it, especially being in the playoffs. It's like kind of like that hockey mentality. If you're not, you know, if it, it, the only thing that's going to stop you from being able to play is if you, like, literally cannot walk. Yeah. Um, you know, or you got, like, a snap jaw. And even some guys will get Charlie's playing with a snap jaw in the playoffs last year. So I just continued to kind of ignore it. And um, wow. following that, the next day we had, we had played, we are in another game, and, I'll never forget it. I was on the penalty kill. It was in the first period. I had just coach had called myself onto the ice, and I was standing on the ice at, at one of the one of the uh, center dots, and or actually a uh, faceoff in our zone. Yeah. And um, I started getting dizzy and very lightheaded, and was having those same vibrations in my chest, but they were going a lot faster. Yeah. And that's when I realized that my heart was beating uh, fast, and it was coming from my heart. And so I actually ended up playing that shift. And I was just praying to God that 
uh, our defensemen, our, our centermen could win the faceoff back and our defensemen could get the puck out of the zone and I could get to the bench, wow. in which that exactly happened. Dang. Um, so, yeah, so I got to the bench Ooh. and the, my heart continued to race faster and faster and faster. Um, one of my buddies, his name is Jake Wallman, was sitting next to me and I was yelling at him to, to get the trainer. And Jake really didn't know what, what exactly was happening. He had thought that I had gotten hit and had the wind knocked out of me. So he yeah. was telling me that, no, you're going to be okay. Don't uh, worry. And I'm like, no, get Sid. Sid was our athletic trainer. Yeah. Um, and wow. while I was saying, no, get Sid, I ended up collapsing. Oh, my gosh. Um, completely unconscious on the bench um, for, I would say, a good about eight to ten seconds. Um, and thank Jesus, my heart, you know, everybody has a normal pacemaker in their heart. My heart jumped out of that pace back into normal rhythm, um, and I woke up and kind of jolted up on my feet. Um, wow. And you know, from then on, I uh, was rushed to the hospital, uh, stabilized overnight uh, in South Bend, and then I was sent home to um, to Providence uh, for further testing. Um, wow. You know, and at that point, I was I, I still never thought that you know it would take me to where I am today. I thought it was just you know a simple maybe injury where. Um, you know, I, I honestly didn't really know what to think, but I never thought that I would never be able to play hockey again. Right. Um, you know, following that, it took about seven months where I worked with some specialists in Boston at Mass General Hospital, um, did multiple, multiple stress tests. I also did, um, we tried to do an, a, a small procedure called an ablation okay. where they go in through your artery and your leg and they actually try to um, create the arrhythmia by pacing your heart, and then they can actually cauterize part of the heart to stop um, stop the arrhythmia from happening. Oh, my gosh. Um, and unfortunately, that was unsuccessful. Yeah. And so at the end of about seven months, um, I had talked with the doctor. We were going to do one last test, and then he was going to kind of give me the end result of what, you know, what should happen. And um, that end result, uh, you know, I was never forgetting late August. I, uh, I got a phone call from him. I was in California. And he basically told me, um, you know, unfortunately they haven't been able to find what's causing the arrhythmia, um, but they do know that it's extremely serious. And if I were to play hockey again, I would be, um, you know, potentially risking having not only another arrhythmia, but that arrhythmia persisting and, and, and passing away. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was extremely, you know, detrimental to, you know, my heart and, I never thought that, you know, the world was ending or God didn't have a plan for me, but it was just such a struggle because I yeah. had just put so much effort and time. And this was not only effort and time, but the thing that I absolutely loved and had so much passion for. Right. Um, you know, not only myself, but my parents had sacrificed so much and for them to, uh, you know, see this. And even my grandparents, I mean, my grandparents were some of the hardest people that I had to tell to because I had grandparents that would travel to every single game that yeah. I would play out in California. I had, they actually, in fact, at one point drove from California to Edmonton, Canada to watch me play in a tournament. Wow. Um, you know, and having to sit them down. Um, I'll never forget, my, my grandpa was actually, his license was taken away the same day that I was going up to tell them um, because my grandpa has dementia. Mm. And even my grandpa guy had sat them down, you know, obviously I'm tearful at the, at the dinner table telling them, and my grandpa just sitting down and I'm telling him, you know, sorry for what he's going through. And he's just sitting there telling me, you know, this is nothing compared to, you know, what you're going through. And we love you so much and care for you. And, wow. you know, and, and I'm sorry. And so, you know, it was just super sad all around. It was, yeah. uh, you know, heart wrenching. But, 
you know, I kind of continued to move on, and, you know, by the by the grace of God, I, I was able to keep my full-ride scholarship at Providence College, and, um, you know, the, the team pulled, still pulled me right in and said, you're going to be a student assistant coach on this team, you're still going to help us out. And, yeah. Um, you know, moving through that and just kind of taking steps each and every single day forward, um, which was really my goal, uh, you know, really, really, really helped me. And so um, I continued to move on and got to Providence College, and yeah. you know, I, I, I worked really, really hard still with my studies, and um, you know, be, I was a student assistant coach for the next two years, and was still very blessed. Every single year, we made it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But I was there my last year. We went to the Frozen Four. Wow! Um, so I was just super blessed all around, and and yeah, after college, I was able to sign a, a, a full time offer with the. Uh, uh, an accounting firm called Price Waterhouse Corporation in, in in Boston, and you know that's where I I just you know, when I look back at my uh, you know my my experience in hockey, not only did hockey give me the ability to um, you know go to college for free and get my master's for free, dang, um, but even the story within that of um, you know getting decommitted from a school and then getting to college and working extremely hard and. Um, you know, getting a very good GPA and now signing, uh, you know, with one of the best accounting firms. It's just so, it's just so incredible to see where God's hand has been, um, you know, across this whole story. And I'm continually amazed by, you know, what he's done in my life. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you say, God, my life is yours and you're going (laughs) to use it however you want it. You know, he's going to bring you to a whole different avenue of what you thought your life should have been. But, you know, I would never... I would never want anything else than what I what I have, and I'm so grateful and so thankful for you know everything that I that I do have and yeah. where he's brought me. Yeah, well, let me ask you this because I, I mean I remember Rocco, um, and I think when I was you know looking back into it, I, I ran across a post he had. Um, I mean, it felt like you know he was even grieving that you were not going to be able to play hockey anymore. Mm-hmm. Can you just walk us through because uh, a little bit of the process? Did you feel like you had to grieve, or are you the way God has designed you? It's just like, all right, I'm on a different path. Here we go. Or did you kind of go through a grieving process? I mean, we talk about like retiring athletes. Mm-hmm. You just retired right. at a very young age. What was that like? Because maybe right. somebody today is dealing with a change in circumstances, and maybe you can mm-hmm. just give us some help there. Yeah, no, I most certainly did. Um, okay. There was a good, a good, but I would say for about six months, okay. um, almost actually to a year. I mean, I still grieve today, but it's not like I did when I was when I was in that span. I actually never forget the phone call I had with Rocco. Um, really, you know, he knew that, he knew that I was getting the the call from the doctor and that I would be calling him that day later on. Um, you know, and by just even answering answering the phone and opening up FaceTime, he knew exactly what the result was. I was obviously crying a ton, and yeah. All he did was just cry with me, you yeah. know. I mean, there's there was nothing else that he could have. There was nothing that he could have said, you know. Right. Uh, wow. I was gonna like the rest of that time, and I think that's a big part of it. I, um, even even as a Christian, um, yeah. You know, sometimes people are suffering, and uh, they don't need you to s- just say anything. You know, they just need you to be there to just sit there and cry. You know, yeah. or uh, you know, just simply just talk and. I, I I'll never forget that call because he knew right away what was going on. Yeah. He just sat with me and we just talked, and um, you know it, it was extremely hard. But yeah. he was there to say, you know, I love you. I'm here from you. You're gonna get through this. Uh, I'm so sorry that this is happening. Um, you know, but but I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, and 
Um, I would say the reason why I'm here today still smiling and still standing is because of friends like him and the family that I have and the amazing wife that I have that have, uh, you know, stood stood behind me every step of the way and have helped encourage me to take, you know, a step forward each and every single day. And, um, you know, life, life is going to bring us struggles. In fact, God doesn't tell us that we're going to live a life that, you know, is perfect and away from struggle. Right. Uh, I find that a lot of the times when I'm struggling is the times that I'm growing closer, closer with God, and He's trying to teach me something differently. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've tried to, after all of the experiences that I've had of being decommitted and um, having to retire from hockey and, you know, and dealing with health issues and not only having to de- retire from hockey, but also just dealing with the fact that I had a life-threatening, or I have a life-threatening, uh, you know, cause. Yeah, this and, continues today. Like, I, take, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm still dealing with it today, and, yeah. and it could take me, you know, God could take me tomorrow. Um, but really, through all of this trouble, instead of looking at this, these whole problems in regards to, this, you know, it's, it's pulling, pulling me away from what my dream was, I just try to look at it in a way in which it's like, okay, God, I know you're. I know you're. You're greater than this problem. Yeah. You just teach me and show me what you want me to. Sh- what you want to show me, um, you know, through this and how it's going to benefit me in the long run. Because I mean, there's a song on the Christian radio station called Masterpiece, and I find that when when God is God is creating us and when we when we get our give our lives to Christ, um, you know, He is He is refining us. He is making us into a masterpiece. Yeah. You know and. Um, Sometimes the things that happen in our lives, although they seem to us, um, to our understanding, you know, horrible and uh, miserable, yeah. it's also one of the biggest blessings. And now I can stand here today and, you know, a perfect example, again, as I, as I reflect on is me getting decommitted from college. I thought it was the worst thing in the world. I thought that, mm. you know, Denver was my dream school and that's where I was supposed to be. And God flipped it upside down and said, no, you're going to move all the way to the East Coast where you were least desirable to go to play college hockey. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to open up more do- doors through that. You yeah. know, and he's still there. And if, and if it wasn't for me coming out to even Providence College, then I wouldn't have the amazing, uh, you know, specialist that I'm able to go to here at Mass General. Yeah. You know, right. so many avenues to it, but God is always in the middle of it. Let me ask you this because, and I've got a couple of questions flowing through my head right now, but as you have gone through this and grieved um, like anybody would, and yet you you have this faith, I mean, it's very obvious, very clear. Do you feel like with some of your, usually in the hockey world, it's not known as like a bunch of Christian guys uh, skating around mm-hmm. typically. Um, do you feel like God used that in any way just to show, uh, you know, just your faith despite like circumstances that aren't desirable? Um, do you feel like in mm-hmm. any way God used that as a platform at all, as a witness? Oh, most certainly. Okay. I've had, you know, multiple, multiple people across, um, you know, guys that I've played with in the past or guys that were my teammates that have either said that, you know, they're inspired by my story or um, they can't believe the way that I'm responding. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes even players, they just get, you know, accustomed because I, because I know that God has such a greater, you know, a greater plan for myself and he's working in the midst of this. I don't, I don't, you know, hold a grudge. I don't want to walk around, you know, just mourning all the time yeah. or just saying, oh, you know, like, my life is over. Right. Um, and so I kind of come at it every day with, you know, we're going to attack today and we're going to see what God, you know, doors opens here. Or, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to stop working until he, you know, until he takes me to come see him. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes my, 
my teammates just get accustomed, like, oh, that's just gear. That's just gear. Ah. He's just a happy guy. He's a female. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, again, I think that's what happens when it just becomes part of you. Yeah. You know, it, you know, Christ is part of me, and so that that's my identity. That's who I am, and that's right. never going to change regardless of, you know, what, what I face in life. Um, but I, I definitely think that, you know, not only not only my teammates and, and, and guys that I've played with, but even coaches and um, that I've been able to talk to and, and even other people that, have, you know, have no clue what hockey is or, you know, what's going on in hockey or um, once they hear my story and what's going on, they're definitely inspired in regards to, yeah. um, you know, in, in, into my situation. Okay. A couple more questions. Can you stay with us a few more minutes? Yes, of okay. course. Okay. Right. Well, not necessarily. You got a lot going on. <laughs> but uh if one of those hockey teammates from the past or from Providence or, you know, from uh from wherever in in your all your experiences, Tri-City Storm or or whoever, if they were listening today, I mean, and were searching, what would you tell them about Jesus today? What would you say? Yeah, I would say that number 1 there's a God, his name's Jesus, and he, and he loves you very dearly. And once you give your life to him, although you'll still face challenges in your life, yeah. he is there to guide you 100% of the way. And he's going to open up doors, and he's going to bring a new life to you that you cannot even imagine. Um, and by giving your life to him and confessing that he's your Lord and Savior, not only will you benefit from that or grow in that in, in this world, but um, you'll also you know spend eternity with him and we are here to serve him and love him, and, and yeah. he is certainly a God that loves you. Man, that's good. That's good. All right. Uh, <laughs> tell me a little bit about Abigail. I want her to get a little airtime because uh, I don't want this to end. I know she'll hear the podcast. She's going to be like, man, you talked about Rocco more than your wife of one year. So tell me about Abigail and what her, her faith was like during some of this. Yeah, so she was incredible. I She is a massive um reason why my faith is so strong today as well yeah. um, as actually reflecting back to my first year when I lived in Nebraska and played junior hockey um, after I had committed my life to Christ I said God you know what this is, I, 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 I will never forget telling God this God I am not going to pay attention to girls for a long time I'm going to focus <laughs> on making the NHL and that's all I'm going to do love it and and then about three months later i walk into my english class and she's this girl very attractive girl that i see um and uh come to i come to find out you know there was always um a little beef between the hockey players and uh, some of the other gentlemen in the school gotcha. because yeah you know these hockey players come in and you know we're coming into all of these small towns and you know these guys are thinking who are these hockey players who do they think they are yeah um and one of the biggest beefs at, during the time that i was there um we're, we're with the wrestling guys you know these are other tough guys in the school and uh good looking <laughs> yeah. dudes and i come to find out that yeah. abigail's family is a complete wrestling family oh <laughs> in fact one of her brothers won the state uh, state championship in nebraska Dang. all of the other ones are all of the other ones were studs yeah and i'm like oh gosh there's no way that i'll ever be able to talk to this girl even if i do her family's gonna hate me um and so Long story short, um, we uh, kind of went, went throughout the whole entire semester just chatting and becoming close friends, um, and we ended up connecting up and going on a date, and the next date I met her family, and um, they were actually the most loving, caring people in the world. They are also Christians and have a great faith in Jesus. Wow. Um, welcomed me in tremendously, 
And um, from that point, I started going to church with them every Sunday, um, really growing in our relationship. And she was going to the local college um, there after I had, after our first year, she went to the local college. It's called University of Nebraska Kearney. Um, She was studying uh, nursing. She's a registered nurse, labor and delivery nurse now uh, out here in Boston. Cool. Um, Yeah, but I mean, ever since then, we, you know, we kind of latched arms and never looked back and. Um, she's been, you know, an amazing, uh, not only, um, amazing wife all around. She's helped me grow, you know, spiritually with my walk with Christ. And she's been there, you know, through my retirement with hockey and just still here today going, you know, through it with me with all of my health problems and, you know, continually dealing with my heart. And, um, she's just so amazingly loving and so caring. And, uh, you know, I really couldn't imagine life without her now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, happy anniversary coming up one year. And, uh, man, yeah, I'm glad to hear about Abigail as well. And, uh, Garrett, I really appreciate you just, you know, laying out, uh, some of your testimony and sharing it with us today, uh, complete encouragement for us. And for someone who's listening, who maybe hasn't heard about your faith, the faith aspect of what's really helped, uh, help keep you or get you through this and continue to get you through this and congratulations on the new job. When does that start? What did you say? I start. Uh, I start October first. October first. All right. So, yeah. will you get to do anything fun this summer before you uh, dive into that? That's going to be pretty intense, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be doing a lot of golfing and a lot of. You know, I'm, I'm taking all of the the CPA exams. Oh. Know, to become a you know, certified right. accountant. So I'm taking those over the course of the next few months. Oh, but um, we are going to go see Abigail's family in Nebraska. Um, over July. So I'll definitely enjoy traveling out there to, to see them and then, um, you know, just play a lot of golf as well. All right. That's awesome, man. All right. <laughs> well, stand by for a second while I just sign off for the radio show and podcast, and then I'll just talk to you off air for a quick minute. But uh, thank you so much, man. This has just really been awesome. Really cool. Of so. course. Of course. My pleasure. God <laughs> bless you guys. All right. Stand by. Uh, I just want to say to our Facebook crowd watching and also our podcast listeners, Man, that is Garrett Gomez, and what an incredible story. And I hope it brings you encouragement. Maybe you're going through circumstances right now, and it's been, you know, your world's been flipped upside down, and maybe there is a time that, you you know, you need to grieve something because maybe a dream that you had that you felt like was from God, and it, it was from God, and now God is showing you there's there's something else. And I know you can be very discouraged. I hope you take hope from what Garrett said today. And also, I love um, maybe you know someone who's going through that, especially in this crazy time, uh, people losing their jobs and having to make a different career change. Maybe you're supposed to be that person that is able to just listen and cry with somebody who's going through something difficult. Maybe you don't really need to say hardly anything at all, but just to give the gift of your presence and to be able to just be there and listen and show that compassion is going to make a difference today as well. So I want to encourage you, our listeners and our viewers, uh, just the, the hope of Jesus Christ is real. And he wants to speak to you today. He might encourage you. Usually it's pretty encouraging. I've been encouraged today. Sometimes he challenges us, just like Garrett was challenged back uh, during that Christmas time when he realized, man, it's it's time to, to get back on track. And maybe you need to get on track today. But whatever it is, 
Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to forgive you of all your sins, all your failures. He just wants to have that relationship with you. And he paid the price through his death on the cross. He has risen from the dead. He conquered death. He's defeated Satan. Yes, there's all this crud in the world now, but that is coming to a close. Jesus is bringing that to a close where he will truly reign, not just in my heart, not just in your heart, but for everybody. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That day is coming. And so the day for you to say, Jesus, if that's real, I want to know now is right now. It's not tomorrow. It's right now. Jesus is saying, yes, that's me. Let me come into your life. I want to give you that love. I want to give you that joy, that peace. I want to give all to you. And all you have to do is say, Lord, give it to me. Jesus, give it to me. I want it. I want it. That's what he wants to do for you. So I um, I just want to convey to you that love of Jesus Christ and that power uh, that he wants to offer you for every single day. And, yes, you still will fail, and, yes, you still will have challenges, but the difference is he is with you, and he turns all things out for your good. It doesn't mean that it ends with the NHL for Garrett Gamas. It doesn't mean that this happens over here. The good that he's doing is is making you more and more like Jesus Christ. That's what he wants to do, and he's accomplishing that. All right, well, I just got on a little preaching roll, but it's true, and I want to tell you what Paul Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3.12, and this is where we get our name, Very Bold Ministries. Paul wrote, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold, radio and podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. VeryBold.com.